live from the mist and shrouded mountaintop fortress that is X and Y Communications Headquarters. You're listening to the world famous Mountaintop Podcast. And now, here's your host, Scott McKay. All right, all right. Here we are with another episode of the Mountaintop Podcast, known worldwide as the place where men of high quality become better men and figure out how to get higher quality women also. Today with me is a friend of mine who uh, we've known about each other for a while, but this is the first time we've really ever gotten together and done, uh, well, any kind of audio recording before. So why not aim high and go straight to the top, the mountaintop? And therefore, with me today is my friend from the UK, the UK's number one dating coach, as a matter of fact, none other than James Priest. James, how's it going, man? It's good, thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. How's a sunny London these days? It's rainy London today, absolutely pouring down. The sky is very dark. Oh, liquid sunshine. Liquid sunshine. That's a very positive way of saying it. Yeah, I think so. I love London. I've probably been there about eight times now. And I, who was it that said when you get sick of London, you get sick of life? Probably Charles Dickens. Someone like that. Someone will write in and set me straight. <laughs> but when you're uh, tired of London, you're tired of life. London actually is a busy, wonderful place. And uh, no matter how many times you go, you always see something new and you're always glad to get back for a certain reason that you think fondly of, you know, so that you can go do it again. London is absolutely amazing. It's it's a hub for people. It's a hub for dating, which is why I'm in huge demand over here. Well, sure. Plus, there's the topic du jour, which is why dating makes you stupid, which Mm. will make sure forever that both of us are in very high demand, don't you think? I think so, because people do crazy things when it comes to dating. Yeah, I know. Like, what's up with that? Perfectly sane people who hold high-level jobs and have managed to stay out of prison their entire life suddenly meet a woman, or in the case of women, suddenly meet a guy, and all logic and all reasonable mental health just seems to go out the window, doesn't it? It does. It drives people absolutely crazy, and there's no reason why that should be. All right, so guess what? I have a bit of a surprise for you, James. I've actually compiled a bunch of bullet points to help guide our conversation today, and I'll tell you, they're all incredibly valid, and I can't wait to hear your input on them. I'm sure you're going to have other bullet points to add, so man, I think we better just dive right in. Let's do this. All right, man. First one is worrying about yourself, your own nerves, and completely forgetting that the woman across the table from you might be nervous also. I mean, since when have we ever thought of women as creatures that have no feelings and don't have any nerves? Yet, we get on a date, and what do we do? We sit there and go, oh, God, don't mess up. Oh, just don't screw up. And then you forget to look across the table, get outside of your head, as it were, and figure, you know, maybe I should think more about helping her feel comfortable on this date so things can go better. That's true. They're so scared of being rejected automatically, and they assume this girl's not going to be interested. They just forget the other person is nervous, too. So they'll do all the talking, and they'll just talk absolute nonsense to try and impress them. But it's not about trying to impress each other on a first date. It's trying to get to know each other and trying to relax her too. Now, that's pretty foolish also. The whole idea of trying to impress women by bragging about stuff, how much money you spend. And then you know what those guys do after they've uh, done such unintelligent things on first dates? They wonder why they're attracting gold diggers and why these women want to go on quote-unquote shopping dates, which is what they will stupidly do if they really want to impress her, is take her shopping as a date and then wonder why she's a gold digger. Yeah, it's catch-22 if you do that. You're setting the standards and the girl's going to think, all he's going to do is take me out, buy me nice things. They're not going to value them, not going to see them as a, as a boyfriend material. Yeah, and the ironic part there is then they're also going to lose respect for you because 
you're trying to impress them so much. So therefore, you know, they must be out of your league and they could probably do even better than you. Yeah. And they're going to be laughing at you. They're going to be thinking, well, this it's not, not someone they want to meet in that respect. And they're going to categorize you as someone that is not dateable. And that is just stupid. Oh, man. Did you just ever hit the nail on the head? Let's say you go and spend a thousand, two thousand dollars on a woman taking her on a shopping date. And what does she do? She goes back and laughs with her girlfriends about how silly you are. Yeah. Oh, it's what they're going to do. It's really brutal. That's not a high quality woman there either. It's not. It's not. They're taking advantage, but it's up to you with how you control the situation. Don't let them do that. Don't spend loads of money on the first date. It's just ridiculous. Well, you were also talking about something I think is equally important, which is talking all the time, talking too much, not only about your stuff, but trying to impress women in any ways, you know, talking about yourself. I mean, everybody knows. Anybody who's ever read How to Win Friends and Influence People by Dale Carnegie knows that you make friends and you influence people and make them like you by talking about them, not about yourself, right? That's true. I think if you talk about yourself, the only person that's ultimately going to interest is going to be you. It's not (laughs) for you to sell yourself. That's the sad reality. You have to 40% of the time talk about you and 60% of the time ask questions and get them to open up and feel comfortable and relaxed. You know, but let's put the shoe on the other foot for a second. It isn't always us who are stupid and making mistakes. What about the woman? And I hear about this in New York City, particularly all the time. These high maintenance women go out on dates with guys and they start with the interview questions. Okay, so how many women have you slept with? What did you W2 last year? How soon can we get married and make babies? You know, and the guys like getting glassy eyed on the other side of the table. Why do women do that? I mean, it's not going to end well. They have to know that if they have any intelligence at all, right? It's true, but these women have got these long lists of criteria in the ideal man they want to meet. And if this man doesn't meet all 10 out of 10 on their list or 20 out of 20, they're not going to be interested. They're not giving them a chance. I have so many clients that go out and they interview these guys. And they ask the most ridiculous questions. And if they're not interested in what they have to say, they even walk out after the first half an hour. Why is that? That's just stupid. You have to get to know people naturally in natural, smooth conversation. What are these women like half human, half unicorn, and they've got to meet someone who's exactly like them so they can procreate? I mean, what are they looking for? Here's my 10 things that have to happen. Every one of them probably excludes 98% of the male population. And then yet there's 10 of them. So they're left with the proverbial needle in a haystack. And we're not even 10 minutes into the first date yet. I know. Absolute nonsense. I remember a girl years ago said to me on a first date that I was being really arrogant. And I was so offended by this that I actually ended the date quite early. But on the way to the station, when I walked her back, she said to me, well, I've got a list of things that I want. And arrogance is one of them. So she wanted these bizarre things, but why is that? Why would you Why would you try and expect these things? Nobody's perfect. Yeah, the women expect the men to be perfect, even if they're not. Everyone's human. We've all got faults. We've all got strengths. Work on both. You know, one time in an online dating profile, a woman wrote that the three things she wanted in a man the most were honesty, integrity, and truthfulness. <laughs> And what I wrote her back was, you know, I think we're going to get along great because the three things I want in a woman are repetition, redundancy, and reiteration. (laughs) She didn't write me back, James. She didn't write you back. You didn't get a date out of it. No, but see, that was a pretty, well, stupid thing to write in your online dating profile. So People write incredibly stupid things in online dating profiles. Oh, don't they, though? That's two hours in itself, isn't it, talking about that? Oh, yeah. Online dating. I've been at this for years and years. And one of the things I do is help people with their online profiles and their online uh, pictures. 
and their first emails to women. And yes, it's amazing how intelligence goes completely out the window when we get online, doesn't it? It does. People write the stupidest things in their profiles. They're there to interest the women. And what do they do? They write boring, generic nonsense. They say, I don't know what I'm doing here. I can't believe I'm doing this. Or write to me if you want to know more. Is that going to interest a woman? No, it's not. You have to take time to sell yourself and write about why you're a good catch. Make the effort. But men think that magically they can write utter nonsense, boring, generic nonsense in their profiles. And the women are going to be drawn to them like bees around honey. You know, I think the key two words that you just juxtaposed in that last thought were Mm. generic and nonsense. The nonsense is generic. I mean, most people are stupid, aren't they? They can be. They can be if they allow themselves to be. Well, I mean, particularly online. I think most of the people listening to this podcast are actually perfectly accomplished, intelligent, well-meaning guys. But just like you said, we get online. We don't know what to write. We just look and see, okay, well, what is everybody else writing? We write a comma delimited list of adjectives to describe ourselves and think that women are going to go, oh my gosh, yes, absolutely. I've always wanted a guy who's humorous without ever saying anything funny and uh, punctual (laughs) and cleans up well and looks great in a suit or in jeans. It's the craziest thing in the world. You know, in my online dating domination program, you know, and I don't pimp my programs much on this show for obvious reasons, but it's worth mentioning that I actually have a, a section of that program called 50 Pina Coladas. You know, if you remember the crazy old song about if you like Pina Coladas, well, I've actually seen people put in their profile I like pina coladas and taking walks in the rain. I mean, it's as generic as it gets. So this is actually 100% true, James. When I was making that program, I originally wanted to have 100 pina coladas. And I spent an entire workday or more combing online dating profiles for things people were doing over and over again. And I only got like 52 of them. I mean, I could only come up with that many. It was so generic that I couldn't find 100 of them. And I mean, you know, a couple of them I, I linked together and made a nice round number of 50 because they were sort of similar. But I mean, people are just generic and they think foolishly that that's going to attract someone. And then what else do they do? Give me some more examples of crazy online dating stupidity. What else do they do? They will try and get their phone number out in the first message. <laughs> and they think that this girl is going to contact them immediately without building any rapport, any trust or any interest. See that time and time again. Now, the problem with that is sometimes like once out of every 20 or 30 times it'll work. And see, now that in and of itself is ridiculous. Guys who like tree hug this belief about women and dating and 30 times out of 31, it's not going to be true. But that 31st time, the exception is what they hold on to saying, see, I was right. This is the way women are like. Another thing, men and women will both write a first email or write an email, second email in the case of women, if the guy wrote them first, right? And they'll put some fake name there instead of like Olivia or Jennifer, whatever their real name is. It's like, why can't we give out our first name? What is it we're hiding from? I mean, people are so secretive. Like if they give their real name, which is John or Bob, you know, they're going to be found out and they will blow their anonymity and somebody's going to come and like, ransack their apartment in the middle of the night what are people thinking i know it's very very strange thing to do i think it's a good idea to put your real name in your profile name as well so for example if you're called john call yourself john in new york or john in london along those lines it just makes you seem more human right but then you're right people do women do this in particular they will change their name if they're called louise they call themselves jessica and then you think they're called jessica and they go along with this for quite some time 
you don't even know what their real name is. You're just assuming there's something different. And it's like they've lied to you. When you right. turn up, oh, my name isn't Louise, it's Jessica. It's confusing. If, you, if you're lying about your age, lying about your height, you're going to get found out by these things. Oh, so yeah. be honest, everything you write. Any sort of lies and online dating or dating in general, that is ridiculous. That's stupid. Yeah, you're going to have to come clean with Mr. or Ms. Wright at some point, right? I mean, <laughs> yeah. lying about your age online. I know men and women both who do this, okay? I know dating coaches who recommend doing it, for God's sake. So what happens on like your third date when you're like, I sort of have a little um, confession to make. What's that? <laughs> I'm not 38. I'm actually 44. Well, it wouldn't have been a big deal until you lied about it. You know what I mean? But people are hell bent on the fact that, all right, well, now that I'm 44, you know, this 42 year old woman isn't going to want me. I need to be 38. What are you thinking? And women, I think, do it less than men do. I've talked to more men nowadays who are like, well, I just turned 35, so I think I better say I'm 29 again. It's like, what? You know, and I just this morning got off the phone with a guy who's like, well, you know, I'm going to turn the big 5-0, you know, next month. So I better meet the woman of my dreams before I turn 50, because after that, no woman's ever going to write me back ever again. I'm like, wow. You know, but this is rampant. Old fake pictures. Like, I'll never forget the time a woman was talking about how her 12-year-old son does this and that, and she had pictures of herself holding a toddler. That's not very smart. It's not. I saw a picture on a profile this week, and it was rejected. And they came back and complained to the dating company. said, well, you allowed me to have that picture seven years ago. Why are you taking it off now? <laughs> and they said, you had that. It's true. And they said they had this seven years ago. And they got really offended and really upset that they were asked to change the picture after seven years. And I'm sure so many people start dating years ago, create a profile, and then come back to it many years later. They don't bother changing the picture. And then they wonder why the person they meet is going to be disappointed when they meet them on a first date. <laughs> That's the funniest thing I've heard in months, James Priest. <laughs> is it? Good. <laughs> True story. It gets True stupider. Story. It gets even stupider. The sugar daddy sites are designed to foment stupidity. I got guys who were like, well, I met this woman in Florida and he's in Ohio or Canada. Okay. And she's really cute and she's very sexy. And, uh, you know, she fell on some hard times and she was telling me about this. And so I volunteered to send her a thousand dollars so she could fix her car. Cause she said, when she fixes her car, she'll drive right up here to Ohio and visit me. And I'm thinking like, this woman has a full-time gig of playing men for money. She does. That's the whole point of the site. That's the whole point of the site. She's making a six-figure income manipulating guys, you know, out of weakness for money. And they'll gladly just start sending money over there. Wasn't there a guy, he was actually in your neck of the woods in the UK. And he fell for the classic Nigerian beauty contest scam where the woman says, well, I'm in Nigeria for a beauty contest and I can't get back home because, you know, someone stole my wallet. But if you send me a couple thousand dollars or no, make it five thousand dollars for a coach ticket from what, you know, Lagos, Nigeria, did he throw five grand? You know, yeah, that's probably an eight hundred dollar ticket. And uh, the guy's like, oh, well, yeah, sure. You know, and it's like, oh, well, as soon as I get to the UK again, I'll just be right over your apartment and give you a blowy. Okay, no problem. Not only did this guy fall for the scam and send the quote unquote woman. Oh, by the way, they never get to like do video with her. They never talk to her on the phone. It's always email because there is no woman. Okay, it's some guy you know, collecting cash illegally. 
It's teams of guys. It's teams. Oh, yeah, absolutely. It's like, you know, Internet Scam LLC or whatever the equivalent of that is over in Nigeria or wherever they're coming from. Okay. But anyway, the important thing here is this guy fell for it. And then he lost like so much money. It wasn't 90 days later, James. He fell for it again, like a second time. Now, that's Einstein's definition of insanity, no? It is. People do this. If they get conned out of money, they live in the dream that this person's real. If they send a bit more money, they'll say, maybe I couldn't fly. The tickets didn't work because my passport's been retained by customs. Pay me another thousand pounds and I can come back. And they'll pay the thousand pounds and they'll live in the hope because they spent good money on it. They assume that they're going to spend more money and things are going to be different. And like you said, repeating the same mistake over and over again is a definition of madness. If anyone asks you for money at all on the internet, it's stupid. Don't pay them. Absolutely. So all these sites like sugardaddies.com, arrangements, all of those, you're setting yourself up willingly like a little duck at a shooting range, you know, just to get used and destroyed and humiliated. You know, I know a guy who met a woman on one of those sites and he took her out somewhere, you know, exotic. Actually, I've heard this story several times and she basically just ran off with another guy after he paid her way. And they call me up and go, well, what should I do about this? I mean, how do I get her to go home with me? How do I get her back on the plane to go home? I'm like, you're still thinking about this? Let her make her own way home. Let the other guy who she just ran off with figure that out. You know, it should never have happened to begin with. It's just a bad situation. It is. And that leads us on to the whole Thai bride, Russian bride situation. Oh, my God. People that can't, they feel they can't meet someone where they are. They're going to spend thousands and thousands of dollars and meet someone they've never met before in a foreign country. That is stupid. Look, you've exhausted your pool of people around you. So you're going to be paying money to go meet a complete stranger. That's ridiculous. Well, I don't even know if it's they've exhausted the pool of people around them. They have probably come to the conclusion all women in my country, no matter what country it is, okay, (laughs) they could be in Southern California. They could be in New York. They could be in the Ukraine, for example. Guys in the Ukraine are thinking, all the women in my country are terrible. I want an American woman. You know, Wherever <laughs> it is, they can't find any women there. But they're never going to look in the mirror. They're going to look at the Ukraine or the Philippines or Colombia because that's where all the wonderful feminine women who actually like men are. Look, <laughs> if you live in New York City or L.A. and you can't find love, you don't look 3,000 miles away for it thinking it'll be different. You look in the mirror. Absolutely. Look at yourself first and see what's going wrong. If you're not meeting people in the area that you're in and no one's interested, it's all down to you. They always say be yourself is the best bit of dating advice. But you've got to be the best version of yourself possible. So get yourself out there and go and learn new hobbies. Go and learn new skills. See who's around. Sell yourself and make the most of yourself. Things aren't going to change if you start expanding your area that you're looking for. Go within 30 miles before you start looking for 100 or 500 or 1,000 miles. Well, you know what? You just mentioned something very interesting there, and that's the whole idea of being yourself. And guys will say to me, well, how can I just be myself and continue to do that if being myself isn't working? Well, that's because just be yourself is generic, terrible dating advice. You've got to be the best version of yourself doing what I call deserving what you want. But that brings up another whole range of topics we can discuss here under dating making you stupid, which is stupid dating advice that keeps getting handed down. Who thought of some of these things that we've just, I don't know, started to think of as being the truth, and we assume it's that way? Like the three-second rule from the old PUA days. Oh, make sure as soon as you see a woman you want to meet, make sure you meet her within three seconds or you'll psych herself out. Well, sure. You go to this woman in the grocery store, and the next thing you know, four seconds later, her husband comes around the corner with a box of cereal. I mean, 
watch and let the game come to you, right? You have to. You have to observe. You haven't got to wait two minutes or three minutes, but have a look around, see who's about, and then make your move. You wouldn't just pounce on somebody you don't know. And the other silly things as well, they say, well, if you do like somebody, then they say, we've got to wait three days before you text them back. <laughs> What's that all about? That's the most ludicrous thing. If you do that, even online, if you wait three days before you reply to them, if you wait three minutes sometimes, they're going to lose interest and someone else will snap them up. Oh, yeah. And the days of swipe right, swipe left, you can't wait three minutes. Yeah, I mean, I you think can't. that's all about not looking desperate or needy, but all you're doing is postponing looking desperate or needy if you wait three days to do it. You are. They're going to forget who you are. So you've lost you've lost everything anyway. Like another one. If I want a woman to be sexually interested in me and I want to stay out of the friend zone, I need to start pulling her up and putting my hands all over her as soon as possible on a date. Yeah, that's going to not creep her out. You know, how about just letting your masculinity do the heavy lifting and have her actually naturally become attracted to you instead of feeling like you've got to insert uh, sexual innuendo into every line you say to her <laughs> so she'll start thinking about sex. Again, what, is she some kind of alien species or is she a human being just like you? That crap's not going to work on us. It's not going to work on a smart woman with a brain in her head either. It's not. But the trouble is some people out there will perpetuate these myths. So guys will buy into this and they'll believe it and they try these things out. The whole pickup artist thing is generally a load of nonsense. By spending loads of money, they're going to learn these new skills. It's going to change who they are without them making a change themselves. They think learning a few routines, saying a few silly statements is going to somehow interest women. And it's just not. Again, that's what we were saying before. You've got to be yourself and you've got to be the best version of yourself, not someone that's spilling out nonsense lines and nonsense routines. You've got to learn to be genuine, be authentic and ask women genuine questions to start the conversation, not just give them silly little statements that are going to make them think of sex. It's not how it works. You know, it's funny you should bring that up. I had a guy who's more internet marketer than dating coach write me the other day going, I have a brand new revolutionary program and more guys are spending money buying this up than any program produced for men in the last two or three years to meet more women. It's different. It's revolutionary. It's going to light up your inbox. So I look at it and it's a video where they're talking and a PowerPoint's over it and it says, here are three simple things you can whisper into a woman's ear that make her spread her legs. I go, this is interesting and innovative. This is the same thing people have been saying for the last four or five years. Yet, here's the sad part. If he tells affiliates it's brand new and different, they'll just automatically believe it because we're not even going to look at the video. We're just going to mail out about it to our lists and embarrass ourselves. And worse, guys are still buying it up because it's the easy button. You don't have to change yourself. You don't have to attract women even. You don't have to be the best version of yourself. You don't have to do anything. You can be fat, old, ugly, whatever. Don't take a shower, have bad breath. But women are going to love you because you whispered something in her ear. My gosh, that woman's not going to let you close enough to her to whisper anything in her ear to begin with. Yet these guys are buying these things up. And it's the same thing over and over. Do something brain dead and all of a sudden you've got, you know, threesomes, foursomes, and moresomes in your bed, beautiful blonde supermodels or whatever, coming to sexually service you with no intent on getting married or making babies or anything. You know, it's just, how did we get that stupid? And I think I know the answer. It's we hope so badly it's going to work because nothing else is for us. And the pain is feeling so intense to us that we'll trust the exact same thing again, kind of like that guy who sent money to two different people in Nigeria within 90 days. You want to believe this so badly that you get a smoking case of cognitive dissonance and you just keep doing the same thing over and over, hoping this will be the charm. 
Yeah, it just fries your brain. They keep repeating the same mistakes and never learning from them. And that in itself is so ridiculous thing to do. You've got to realise that spending money on anything like that isn't necessary. The only thing worth spending money on is maybe your personal development, learning new skills, getting yourself out there, buying yourself a new wardrobe. But buying women's attention is absolutely madness. Yeah. And, you know, that reminds me of the idea of doing the same thing as everyone else. Like, hey, I have this woman. I really want to impress her. So uh, I'll take her to dinner and a movie <laughs> like everybody else has ever done. Going to a movie with a woman is sitting in a dark place where you're not allowed to talk and expecting a connection to happen. And then you've already got 200 people around you in the same situation. You've got 200 strangers sat there. You're not dating them. And then you've got the whole world making a move on them. You're going to put your arm around them in the dark. It's never going to work. Yeah, what is this, seventh just, grade? Yeah, exactly. It happened in the film Grease, didn't it? I can remember that. You're just trying to sneak your arm around them. You haven't built any rapport. You don't know who you are. It's going to scare them. So things like that, they're, just, they're told to do that when they're teenagers. But people don't learn. And they try the same things again. Or they go for a long dinner with somebody. And dinner, and they'll spend loads of money on dinner trying to impress them again. And dinner doesn't work as a first date. Well, it's lack of creativity. I think, you know, I've come up with something right now just off the top of my head listening to you talk about the movie idea. I think we were conditioned to take girls to movies back in high school because we didn't have a license yet. Our parents had to drop both of us off somewhere and pick us up at a predetermined time. So, hey, it's the movies, right? We couldn't drink alcohol. You couldn't drink alcohol. We can. We can in the UK. <laughs> well, you know, let's talk about liquid courage for a second. That's a bad idea on dates. You're going to get a woman all tanked up on a date. Why? So you can take advantage of her sexually. You're not going to get to know her better. There's not going to be anything but regret if she gets drunk. And if you're getting drunk, then you're driving drunk and you don't have control of the situation. But guys and women, men and women both will go out on dates and they'll just start drinking. They do. I, I've had, when I was single, I had so many bad stories. I've written a book about it. I had a girl who lost her driving license because she was caught drinking after having a date with me. I had a girl who vomited red wine over the table because she was so drunk. And people just do this. How is that attractive in any way? But they'll drink one or two drinks, get their confidence up, and they'll keep drinking to keep things going and end up doing something they're going to regret or say something that they're going to regret. And then they come to me, some of my clients, and say, well, I really like this guy. but I drank six bottles of wine, and now he doesn't want to speak to me again. What did I do wrong? Now, here's something really bona fide stupid. People fear online dating. Because, oh my gosh, you know, I don't know these people. And, you know, this guy could drag me off in the bushes. Online dating is really scary. And meanwhile, where do they go instead to meet people? A bar. And then they end up going home with some drunk schmo who they've never met. I mean, at least online dating, you know who this person is. And if something bad ever happens, all they have to do is go through their server and figure out the communication history of the person who was the victim, and they'll figure out who the perpetrator is. Yet people think, oh, going to a bar, not only is that a great place to meet someone, someone drunk, I'm assuming, but you know that's somehow safer than online dating. And then you drive home drunk together or get a taxi together, and then you're stuck there. It doesn't make any sense. It's not intelligent. And not just that, but their long list of criteria that they had before when they were doing online dating goes out the window. As long as they're relatively attractive and buy them a few drinks, they'll sleep with them. And they may. So why is that? Why does your criteria and things that you're looking for in the ideal match not count anymore once you've had a few drinks? Ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. Hey, you know what? Let's go back and talk more about communication, because I think this is a place where people get really stupid. All right. You know, we talked about not being able to talk about anybody but yourself, trying to impress her about your stuff and everything. But 
you know, here's something people do, especially on first or second dates that they know is going to be really foolish to do, but it's like they can't stop themselves from doing it. And that's talking about your exes and your bad relationships. And politics. <laughs> Anything politics. negative at all. <laughs> oh my God, politics would be the kiss of death to bring up nowadays. It would, but it's topical. So people assume that talking about Donald Trump or Brexit is going to be something interesting, but it's not. It's negativity. People talk about their exes. They're comparing the person that they're sat opposite to, to the person they were dating last. And anything that's negative will make you be seen in a negative light. That's, that's so stupid. You want them to see you as a happy, positive person with lots to offer, not someone that's still hung up on their ex. Well, you know what, James? Some guys will lead with what's wrong with them. Like they'll get on their online dating profile. I mean, that's before the woman's even met them even, or get on a first date and go, all right, well, here's what you need to know. First of all, I was in jail for two weeks when I was 19 and I have this weird tropical disease that nobody can cure and I've got this big scar on my leg. So, you know, if you don't want to date me anymore, just say so and we can end the date. What are we doing? Why are we leading with everything that's wrong, trying to disqualify ourselves? People will tell me they're just, just being honest, <laughs> you know? It's not being honest. It's trying to almost get rid of that person before they have a chance to reject you. That's what it is. They're saying, I've got all these things wrong with me. So you don't need to date me. <laughs> but why is that? You're not trying to tell them what's wrong with you. You want them to see the good parts in you. These little things that are so bad in your head that you're scared about might not be a big deal to the other person. I get lots of women that who go on dates and they've maybe they've got children and they don't put that in their online dating profile or don't tell them about this. So they start the conversation off with, by the way, I've got a child. Like they're getting this big secret out. And what's that all about? Be honest in the first place and you won't even come to that. Well, the other side of that coin is waiting eight months to tell this poor guy you've got three children when he thought you didn't have any. It can yeah. go either way. I mean, there's a, there's got to be a balance to it. But I think the whole idea of leading what's wrong with you is indicative of really bad self-esteem and almost what I'd call a, the preemptive strike against rejection. Hmm. Another thing along those lines is assuming your date will be a disaster. Like she's just waiting to reject me. In other words, women aren't on dates because – they want to find someone great and get along. They're specifically showing up because they think it's going to be hilarious when they reject you and call you names. I mean, where did that come from? It's awful. People do these things. They just think they're not good enough. That's the only reason. They think no one's ever going to like me, but I'll go on a date anyway and just see what happens. But she's not going to be into me. She's going to reject me. So I will just see, get them to see me as a friend. So they don't flirt with them. They don't build rapport. They don't get to know them properly. And then they don't get too disappointed when they reject them afterwards. You achieve nothing by doing that. Well, I've actually known men and women both to search for negativity on dates, creating signs of rejection where there are none. I mean, I've had guys say, well, I went out with this woman and it just didn't go very well at all. And I'm like, well, what happened? And it turns out at the end, she was like, hey, I'd like to see you again. When can we go out again? But the guy somehow thought it wasn't good at all. And I'm like, well, that's kind of strange. I mean, you got to take someone at face value instead of like inventing all these weird, different, exotic signals she must have sent you or that you thought you saw that really mean that she must have meant something else other than what she told you. In other words, she doesn't really want to go out with me again. She was just saying that because she was nice and I could tell because of this and that and the other thing that happened early on that means it must be that way. Well, I don't think a woman would say, I want to go out with you again, and I had a great time, unless she meant it. She'd say something like, well, you know, maybe we're not a match, or, you know, I wish you well. But I think when you're assuming it's a disaster, and that women are there because they want to reject you, and you're doing these preemptive strikes, it's hard to really complain when you're not getting second dates, or you're not getting along with the people you really want to get along with. 
that can also work the opposite way around as well. Lots of guys go on dates and they're over the top, touching them, trying to kiss them all the time. And they're reading into it that the woman's really interested in them. And they're not. The woman's trying to get away, run away from them. And then I went so well. She was really into me. She kissed me at the end. She wanted to see me again. And it's just looking for the signs that they want to see. So either way, positive or negative, you have to have a balance of the two things. Yeah, I think guys would come at me with pitchforks and torches if I didn't talk about bad pickup lines. Why do we still look for them? Why do we still think they're going to work? The first thing you ever see when you look up men's dating advice on Google is, oh, don't use pickup lines because they're cheesy. Or here's how to meet women without using cheesy pickup lines. Yet the Google search for great pickup lines is immense. If you go look how many times those sort of things are Googled every month, guys are looking for pickup lines. As a matter of fact, I should just have Craig Shoemaker, the comedian who calls himself the love master on the show, and talk about pickup lines for like an hour. I bet he'd come on. I'll get a hold of his agent and see if I can do that. But, you know, pickup lines? Really? Is this going to be an intelligent way to meet women? Is it authentic at all? It's not. It, it's not at all. They just think that using a pickup line is going to be some quick solution. But if they make them laugh, then great. But the trouble is, these lines are so cheesy or so unfunny that women are not going to be interested at all. Like <laughs> one of the ones I heard recently, they said, Well, is your name Wi Fi? Because I can feel what a great connection we have. I mean, it doesn't even make sense. If you try and break that down into, into common sense, it's absolute nonsense. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. You know, and another thing, and I've had to concede this myself, texting has taken over. I used to tell guys to pick up the phone and just call her instead of trying to text her. But it's funny to me how a guy will start messaging a woman online, get her phone number, and then they text her. They haven't moved forward. They've gone from writing her words on Match.com to writing her more words. There has to be a point where you start talking to her. And then the other mistake that guys make is they text her when it should be a two-way conversation. So you're losing all of that nonverbal communication that's going to really offer the inflection you need to know where the other person's coming from. But instead, they have this serious conversation over text, and someone invariably takes something wrong, then they get mad at each other and they break up. I have a friend of mine who has, I think, managed to destroy any relationship he's had with any woman since 2005 simply because he won't pick up the phone and call women. It's always over text. People are scared. It's the missing part of the equation. If you have a phone call, you get the chance to pre-screen them. You get the chance to flirt with them, have a practice date before you even get to meet them in the first place. But people just accept nowadays they're going to go from the dating site to their phone texting or maybe WhatsApp or something like that. You've got their number. Call them. Be that guy that calls them, the man who's got enough courage in himself, enough self-belief to be the guy that calls up somebody else. If you do that, you're going to stand out from your competition. Most women want this. They want to speak to you on the phone. They want to see what happens. And by speaking on the phone, there's a lot less chance they're going to flake on you as well. They're not going to cancel a date with someone they've spoken to. Well, let's talk about the flaking and the ghosting and the breadcrumbing in general, because, because that's absolutely ridiculous and not all that intelligent either. And this is in many ways because of dating apps. You have so many people in front of you so quickly, you know, it becomes like a dog chasing its tail. I was just talking to someone on this very show, Dawoon Kang, who runs uh, with her two sisters, Coffee Meets Bagel. And she said they've done market research that suggests that nobody can stand the whole concept of ghosting. Everybody thinks it's the worst thing about being on online dating apps. And then they all admit that they do it. Where's the intelligence in that? Second of all, there's this new term that I just alluded to about a half a minute ago called breadcrumbing. 
And that's when, you know, you may think you're sort of possibly interested in this person and yet you kind of don't know. And you have so many options that you sort of have to string people along. So you throw a few breadcrumbs out there so that they can nibble at it uh, for like weeks. It's like you'll text them a two or three word message every four or five days just to kind of keep them at bay till you figure out what you want to do with them. What are people hoping for in that situation? I mean, why not just be authentic? That's the trouble. They think that by doing this, they're going to string them along just enough for a quick ego boost if they change their mind. If, but if you're not into them enough to want to see them in the first place, just give them a little tidbits, little breadcrumbs and hope is messing them around. You're not treating people fairly. And then they wonder why people don't treat them fairly back. If you're going to be ghosting someone or benching them or breadcrumbing them, that's not the correct way to act in this life. It's just ridiculous. You're only going to get back what you put into it. So treat people with respect. Anything in dating that has a nickname tied to it, catfishing, breadcrumbing, all of it is absolutely stupid. You know, just stop doing it. Be authentic. Meet the kind of person you want to meet. I've saved the best for last, okay? Because I think this is the single most stupidity-inducing scenario in the entire world of relating between men and women. And that's the whole X-back scenario. You had a woman, you love her. You think she's the greatest woman in the world. She may be the only woman in the world, but then the breakup happens and you've lost her. Man, this is like getting a full frontal lobotomy for anybody it happens to. Guys will call me up and they'll talk my ear off. They'll give me all the backstory, everything she ever did, how wonderful she was. I'm like, dude, I don't need the backstory. Just tell me what the deal is. Oh yeah. But then we went out and we spent four days. It was lovely. It's like, dude, just, you don't have to give me the backstory. Tell me what your question is and what you want to get done here. And then, you know, she wore this blue dress and it was just scintillating. I was like, give me what I need to know. And then they finally tell me, okay. And they want to get her back. It's like, well, you know, she was a coke addict and she took all my money. And one day she, you know, actually cheated on me with my own brother. But I love her and I want her back. I go, you know, sometimes it's a good thing when breakups happen. It just we need to have our emotions catch up with logic. No, no, no. I want her back. All right. So here's what you do. Stop calling her and texting her six times a day because you're too available to her. And if you're available, that means she can put you on the shelf and take you off the shelf at her convenience whenever she wants. In reality, the way the human psyche works is if you're disappearing and she may actually think she's losing you and there's no more chance and you're not available, then she might start thinking, you know, hey, I kind of missed that guy. It was kind of good to have him around. So you've got to stop emailing her and texting her 15 times a day. Well, when can I text her again? A month. A month. Yeah, a month. Don't talk to her. Well, you know, we still have to get together and we have to give each other everything back that we have in boxes at our apartments. I go, all right, well, then you get on the phone with her. It's a 15 second conversation and say to her, hey, I have some of your stuff. Uh, let's meet somewhere and trade it or I'll leave it at your front doorstep. When are you going to be there? Can you do that? Uh, sure. OK, true story. One of these guys calls me back 24 hours later and wants to hire me for an extra hour just so I can listen to the hour and five minute long conversation that he had with his ex the night before, which started out with uh, allegedly a 15 second conversation about giving each other their stuff back, but then blossomed into an hour and five minute presentation to her about how much he loves her and how much he wants her back. This is exactly the opposite of what I told him to do. He knows it, and yet he still wants to pay me for my time so I can dissect it line by line and tell him where the indications are in that conversation that he can get back with her. 
It's like, uh, what part of 15 second conversation did you not hear? And James, look, here's the deal. I'm going on a rant here, but when people want their ex back, you can tell them what's really going to work and they never seem to listen to us. They do the exact opposite, then come back and ask us why it didn't work. They do. I get this all the time. I get people that want their exes back constantly. They were needy and they were desperate before and they don't change their behavior. And you can talk to them for an hour on the phone, two hours, talk to them for weeks. At the end of that conversation, no matter what you say to them, they always say at the end of the conversation, do you think I can get her back? They always say that. And there's a long pause. It's like, look, there's no way in hell you're getting this woman back. She's already gone. She's engaged to another guy. You need to go get more options, get her out of your mind and move on and find a woman who's going to treat you better anyway because she was completely wrong for you and she was ruining your life. And the guy will say after like a three second pause. So what do you think my chances are at getting her back? <laughs> you, know, you know, to me, if you're a dating coach or a relationship coach who actually specializes in getting exes back for people, it's a lot like being a kick returner in the NFL. I think that's just the guy on the roster who's begging for punishment and getting hit. You know, <laughs> to me, it's just the craziest scenario. Well, it's draining. Oh, my gosh. Time is short. Okay, so what I want to do is I want to give these guys a chance to get to know you better because this has been a hilarious conversation. And guys, I want to give the disclaimer before we close. Neither James nor I are pointing fingers at anybody or, you know, trying to judge anybody. Look, I have been king stupid myself in my dating life. And James, I'm sure you wouldn't be nearly as good a dating coach as you are if you wouldn't have made some mistakes of your own along the way. And sure, they're sure. stupid mistakes. We love you guys. We can relate to you guys. Uh, a lot of what we're talking about today is just purely for the entertainment value. And why is it so entertaining? Because so many of us can relate to almost all of it. It's just almost shocking how dating really does make you stupid. And that's why I think it's fun to get all this on the table and let everybody know, hey, you know what? Really around here, we're all normal. That's what it is all about. We're not really stupid. We don't really lack intelligence. It's just amazing how male-female dynamics change us and bring out interesting parts of our personalities. Guys, if you want to learn more about James, go to www.mountaintoppodcast.com front slash James, J-A-M-E-S, and you'll learn more about James and his new book and how you can get a hold of him. And I uh, look forward to some more collaboration between he and I in the future. Uh, one of the things you told me, James, is you were listening to my podcast from the very beginning. Little did I know. Now here you are, some big famous dating coach guy. That's great. It's been wonderful to do this after all this time. I was listening to you back when I was single many, many years ago, and you're an inspiration to everybody else. So thank you very much for having me. Well, thank you, James. And of course, this has been a terrific show with lots of fun content. And guys, if you want to get on my newsletter and get actionable advice on being a better man right away, head right over to mountaintoppodcast.com. Get on that newsletter. Also, if you want to talk to me one-on-one, -on -one, you can talk to me for 25 minutes free of charge. Just click the red button in the top right-hand corner and let's get on the phone. Let's get on Skype if you're in another country somewhere and uh, you'll find that I'm pretty much what you see is what you get. I'm the same guy as you hear on the podcast, and I'm happy to get to know you. And uh, that's all there for you also at www.mountaintoppodcast.com. Until I talk to you again on the next show, this is Scott McKay from San Antonio, Texas. Be good out there. The Mountaintop Podcast is copyright 2016 by X and Y Communications. All rights reserved worldwide. 
be sure to visit www.mountaintoppodcast.com for show notes. And while you're there, sign up for the X and Y Communications newsletter. This is Ed Roy Odom speaking for the Mountaintop Podcast.